Praise God. You may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Um, a few weeks ago, I talked on a Wednesday night um, about our authority, and I had about four people text me and say you need to do that on Sunday. So I'm going to. Amen. Going to. And uh, I know that everybody can't make it on Wednesday night, but uh, anyways, I'm not going to do this all the time, but I just, it is still in my spirit, and so I'm just going to share it with you here on today. So uh, if you were here on that Wednesday night, this will be good for you. If you weren't here on that Wednesday night, this will be good for you. They say that you learn through repetition. They say that you don't really capture something until you've heard it seven times. So I guess if I were a good pastor, I'd preach the same message for seven weeks in a row. That way we would capture it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but anyways, today I just do, do want to share this with you. Daniel chapter 10. We'll start in verse number 10. And um, I believe on that particular evening I used the theme of our authority. I want to say it's our new covenant amen Daniel 10 and 10 the Bible said suddenly the hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on a the palms of my hands and he said to me O Daniel man greatly beloved understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you while he was speaking the, this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Amen. In the... Uh, King James, it will read, I have come for your words. But either way, you want to read it, coming for your words or because of your words, it is the words of Daniel that has brought this angelic force to do work on his behalf. Amen? And so your words are powerful. Amen? Your words are powerful. We'll talk about that much here today. But your words can draw God in his presence or your words can draw the, the enemy. Amen. So he says, I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came and helped me. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. 
for the vision refers to many days yet to come. God bless the reading of his word today. In the Old Testament and under the law, Satan had a place of authority. And the Bible said that he even appeared with the sons of God or the angels of God before God in heaven. And so he had access to the heavenly realms. He, he would, was there and he was able to have access to the heavenly realms as concerning the heavens. And then Jesus came and defeated him. And, but that defeat was just temporary. He kicks him out of heaven, right? And the Bible said he was not found there any longer, but he was dethroned. He was kicked out of heaven. And that defeat was temporary until it led him to the cross. And on John chapter 12 and verse 31, Jesus prophesies and says, Now is the judgment of this world, and now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And then in John 8 and 32, he said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And so Jesus cast him out through his victory and won in his death and resurrection. And Satan no longer on the cross. When Jesus won the battle on the cross of Calvary, it sealed the heavens whereby Satan no longer has authority there. He has defeated him once and for all. He calls him now the prince of the power of the air after Calvary. And so I did a little study on this in the Greek language. And uh, the, the, ver it is, uh, the very language in the Greek, ac according to Weist word studies, it points out that the Greek would, uh, speaking person would stand on Mount Olympus and if he was pointing upward, he would refer to the atmosphere that was above uh, this mountain as ether. And he would point to, if he was talking about the lower atmosphere, he would talk about air. Now, Mount Olympus is 6,000 feet above sea level. So whenever he is pointing to downward to air, when he is referring to Satan, he is referring to him having power or operating in the lower atmosphere here in the earth. My point is, is Satan has been cast down and is no longer has access to the heavens or the throne of God. We have a lot of people that act like that Satan is all of that. But the reality of it is, is you and I as believers have to understand that he is already a defeated foe. He has already been cast out and no longer has the, the heavens and all of this. And, and, and I know there's a lot of stuff. I know that we have spiritual warfare. But what I want to say to you today is this, that there isn't near as much spiritual warfare that's going on out there as there is right here. And the prince of the powers and the powers of the air and all of those things, we have people today that are going to top of mountains and screaming and yelling and casting and binding and loosening and, and carrying on. And, and, and there ain't no need in it. Amen. Now I'm going to show you today. Is it all right if I show you? Amen. Because Satan doesn't have authority up there. He only has power in the lower air. 
in the realm of the world. And so Satan has been, whenever God set up his throne in heaven after Jesus sat down at the right hand of Father God, Satan no longer has access to the heavenly realm. When you look into Revelation chapter 1, in that verse, very first verse, it starts talking to us. Some of it is historical and some of it is futuristic, um, but it is about our salvation. It talks there about a sun-clothed woman being the type of the Abrahamic covenant and how that it refers back to, you can, if you want to study it, you can look back to Genesis chapter 37 and about verse number 9. And then also in Galatians chapter 4 and 22, we'll tie all of it in. But a man-child is born, and that man-child is Jesus, and he rules with an, a rod of iron, and he is caught up to his throne in heaven. Amen? And Satan is cast down, and he operates in the earth against Israel. He persecutes the church, but then the future Israel flees into the wilderness. He is in the lower atmosphere, but he is not in the upper atmosphere. He does not have reign in the heavens. He has no authority in the high heavens. And so he has more, he no longer has access to the heavens. And so he comes into the earth, walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He no longer has authority in the heavens. And so he comes into the earth, but today what we have to understand, because of the finished work of Jesus, you and I as believers have authority over him, and it's not some authority, but it's absolute authority. Amen. Amen. Jesus came and he died on the cross, and when he died on the cross, he couldn't ascend until he descended. He went into Abraham's bosom to the people who had been made righteous but not yet born again. I figured it would be quiet there. You say, well, how can that be? Well, you tell me. There were people of covenant, right? And they were made righteous. He gave, he, uh, he gave uh, Abraham, right? Because he believed God. He made it unto him as righteousness. And so he was righteous, but yet he had not been born again. There was Noah. There was Abraham. That was the father of the faith. There was David. That was the shepherd king. There was Moses. That was the lawgiver. And God was walking them toward an everlasting covenant. They had had a covenant, but they did not have the fullness of the covenant. And he went to preach to himself to the group of people that had died, but could not access into the heavenlies yet because they had not been born again. And so he went to Abraham and he said, Abraham, he said, I just want you to know that I am the ram that was caught in the thicket. Amen. He went to David and he said, David, I, I am the real shepherd king and I'm the one that took out the real Goliath. All right. He went and he told Noah, he said, Noah, I'm the ark of safety to the saving of your whole household. He told Daniel, he said, I'm the wheel that's in the middle of the wheel. 
He told Ezekiel, I'm the one that you've seen that had eyes like fire. He told Ruth, he said, I am your Boaz. I'm your kinsman redeemer. He preached himself to those who were in, uh, in the bosom of Abraham but could not have access into the heavenlies. Amen. But that day when Jesus preached himself to them, he covered them with his own blood. And when he got up, he did not get up alone, but he had a parade of people that were with him. Hallelujah. And he took those who was in Abraham's bosom and they were released. And it, because of the finished work of Calvary, now they were covered with the blood of Jesus. And now they would have access into the heavenlies. Amen. Amen. He went back into heaven, Lise, and he took this parade with him. And when he went, he didn't just go uh, uh, alone. He did not just go with the parade of the people that were in a covenant with him, but he took his own blood. Amen. And the atmosphere that had been tainted because we know that Satan fell from heaven. Isaiah said that he said, I seen him fall like lightning to the ground, right? He's the one that is there trying to get the glory. He's the one there that's trying to take the place of God. He wants to set up his throne. It's a spirit of rebellion and an antichrist spirit that is trying to set up a throne above God. And the Bible said he's seen him fall as lightning to the ground. And when he fell, he so polluted the heavens. And, and they, because he was trying to get the glory, it, it, it was tough, it was difficult for for them to be able to access heaven because of the cloud of darkness that the Satan had produced when he fell from the heavens. And I submit to you today that that is the reason why that Daniel was praying for 21 days. That is the reason why that Daniel was going and interceding and fasting for 21 days to get his answer through. But what did God say? He said, we heard you on the first day. But there was a polluted were an atmosphere where that Satan had fallen and, and it was a war that was going on in the heavenlies, right? Because this had taken place. But this was before the cross. This is before the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. This was before Jesus took his own blood and went back into the heavenlies. And so for 21 days, he's warring and trying to get an answer. Amen. But I declare to you this morning that when Jesus went back and ascended back into the heavenlies, he took his own blood and he sprinkled it upon not just the mercy seat, but he sprinkled it upon the upper atmosphere and he cleansed the sin and he cleansed the atmosphere where that now we can come boldly into the throne room of God. You and I as believers have access into the very presence of God and no longer do we have to wait for 21 days to get our prayer answered. But the prophet said, while your words are yet in your mouth. Amen. That the answers come. Glory to God. Jesus shed his blood on the cross and that blood opened up the heavens again where that you and I can freely have access and come boldly before him. Amen. Amen. So we're not dealing with the same atmosphere that David warred with. 
the heavens are now open and we have access, glory to God. Amen. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Amen. Amen. And so we, if we're not careful, we'll get into this war thing. Amen. And we're fighting against the air. We're striking, the, we're, we're, we're beating the air. We're, we're not, we aren't fighting anything real. It's something we've made up in our own minds. And it's not real. But if the devil can get you fighting a fight that isn't even a fight, then you'll wear yourself out. Amen? How many remember old Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay? He didn't just have a bad punch, he had a bad dance. And he'd make people miss, wear their self out. Y'all probably too young to remember that, some of you. <laughs> he'd make a miss, he'd wear their self out, and then he'd come in with the, the, the blow, he'd come in with the punch, and they were out, gone, humiliated and embarrassed. And the devil wants you to fight a fight that isn't even a fight, so he can put a suffering blow on you and take you out. Amen? Do I believe in spiritual warfare? Yes, I do. Do I believe in it? How do I come? I believe in it because we, we deal with it from time to time. But I'm saying to you today that we've got to understand the reality of it is that it isn't so great and so powerful that if we believe that, then we'll be overcome by that. But the truth of it is Jesus has given us victory. Amen. So I want to, I want to look at some things here this morning in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. I think they have that for us. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said to him, Son, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah and one of the prophets. And here, here's what really matters. And he said to them, but who do you? Say that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Some people think that, especially in the Catholicism, they believe that, that this revelation, what he's about to speak, is about Peter, but it's not about Peter, it's about Peter's revelation. That's the reason why they have St. Peter and all of those churches. But blessed are you, Simon Barnjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. We know that keys lock and unlock doors. They either keep you in or they keep you out. The person who has the key has the power. Amen. The person who has the key has the power. 
But my belief that Jesus is the Son of God, if I believe that, can we just look at this scripture? I say unto you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. How come he gives him keys? How do you have the keys? Because of what you believe. What do you believe? It's not what he opens up with, who do men say that I am, but he, he honed it in on the reality of who do you say that I am. And determining based upon, and I, I want to make this preface before I go in today in much deeper because I don't want you to think for one millisecond that I'm talking about mind over matter. What I'm talking about is the word over the matter. All right? And so it's based upon this. He says, who do you say that I am? And he responds, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he goes on to say, because you believe that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Amen. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So the person who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, has the key to the kingdom. And the key, the person with the key holds the power. Amen. If I have the key, I don't I put my keys in there, but if I have the key to my car and I'm the only one that has the key to the car, I have the power to say where we're going to go. Even if we're going to go. Amen. The key to, to your house determines who is able to come into your house. You have power because you are the one who holds the key. You determine who you want to come into the house by who you give a key to the house. Are you with me? And so if I have the key to the kingdom, then I have the power. Amen. What determines whether I have the power or not? It's my belief that Jesus is the Son of God. And if I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, I hold the key of the kingdom. Amen. I've been given all authority and power in heaven and earth. He said, for those who are led by the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. And so if we are being led of the Spirit then we will not be overcome or we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we allow the flesh to begin to dominate us, it is a telltale sign that we are being led by our flesh and not led by our spirit. And the governing factor of our life is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost and not our flesh. I'm going to say that again. If you are a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the governing factor of our life is no longer our flesh. Our governing factor of our life is not our feelings or our emotions, but our governing factor is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It gives us a belief that God has given us power to live a victorious life here and now. 
If you don't believe that, then you will be tormented all of your life by not believing and understanding that right now I am the righteousness of God. You will war with your flesh all along. Everything revolves around the question, who do you say that I am? Your answer to this question determines if you live bound or you live free. Your answer to that question right there, who do you say I am, will determine whether you live bound or you live free because what you believe either binds you or frees you. Whatever you believe either binds you or frees you. It looses me to a life of power and victory whenever I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. But it binds me to darkness and destruction when I do not believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. And so it is what I believe. Are you with me? John chapter 3 and verse 17. And we all know 316, right? But let's look at 317 and 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now, I'm not going to continue prefacing this, but I'm just going to say it one more time. I believe in spiritual warfare, but I don't believe devils are so big as people Hollywood wants to make them out to be. Now, I don't go looking for devils, but when I find them, I cast them out. But let me tell you something. An enemy, the devil, if you don't, if you don't like the word devil, then we can just use enemy. <laughs> It's the same one, but the devil doesn't have any stronghold in your life except what you give him. And I want to say this, that you don't even have to fast and pray. and You don't have to sprinkle oil and you don't have to do all of these things to, to have an exorcism or to cast out a devil. All you got to do is change your mind. Amen. Well, pastor, how can that be? Because of John 18, 3 and 18. If you, he who believes on him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So if you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill your life with the revelation of who Jesus is and the authority and you believe upon that revelation then there is nothing, there's no stronghold that can, be, that can stick to your life. When you change your mind, when you believe the truth of the word of God that stronghold, no matter what it is and no matter how long it has been there 
The moment you begin to believe the word of God about that situation, that stronghold is broken off of your life. Amen. He who believes upon him is not condemned. And so whatever I believe about Jesus either binds me or frees me. Amen. No matter what bondage is in my life, no matter what it is, you can name whatever you want to name, do whatever it is, if it's lust, if it's perversion, if it's addiction, if, it, if it's a, a, a mindset of, uh, of teaching that is wrong and you've been brought up under that, by just merely changing your mind, by believing the Word of God, the moment that you believe the Word of God and you apply it to your life, that stronghold is broken off of you and that thing has to go. Amen. Why? Because the finished work of Calvary is complete. It's all you need. Amen. Hallelujah. I know I probably won't be your pastor after today. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Luke chapter 10, verse 10. I'm just joking, all right? It's all good. Luke 10, 10 through 12. I want to give you these scriptures, all right? But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of this, your city which clings to us be wiped off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom uh, than for that city. So, as it pertains to spiritual strongholds over regions and communities, and we go and we, we and, and, and please, I'm not, I don't mean to make jokes or laughter of people. I believe that people do things because that's what they believe in their heart. But I want to show you today how that a city can be won. It's not about me going to the high, finding the highest place in this region and getting up there and, and screaming and yelling all night and telling demons to go. How did, here in Luke, how did he say that the city would be changed? He said if the city doesn't believe or receive, then you take the dust off and, and it's going to be against that city because they never received the kingdom of God. So how are cities won? Cities are won by people believing. And the more people that believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, the more the stronghold is broken over that city. Amen. Because the city is held because the people are bound. And if the people are bound, then the city is bound. If the city is bound, the region is bound. If the regions are bound, then the state is bound. If the states are bound, the nation is bound. 
But whenever you get a person to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that much more of the stronghold is broken. And whenever you get more people in the city believing that Christ is the son of the living God, are you hearing me today? The more freedom that comes to the city and more freedom comes to the region and more freedom comes to the state and then to the nation because people have believed that Christ is the son of the living God. Amen. And it's so much more easy than people try to make it. So what do we have to do to change our city? What do we have to do to change our region? We got to change people's minds. We got to get them to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 29 through 30. Matthew 12, 29 through 30. He said, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can you enter a strong man's house and um, the King James is bind, but it's plunder his goods unless you first bind, first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. And he who it does not gather with me scatters abroad. Notice the simple truth here. He said, he who is with me, you got to be with him. Amen. And then he said, that's how we're going to spoil the strong man's house. Most people look at this scripture as a demon that has people bound. Has anybody else been taught that or led to believe that? That this, this demon has bound people and... You can't go in and get the people unless you bind the strong man first. And that's, some people have been bound and they have been defeated by the devil and now somehow I've got to go and get them free. I've got to bind this strong man. But I've done a little bit of studying even since that Wednesday night and I can't find anywhere in scripture where Jesus ever bound the devil. He always cast him out. Amen. Now, I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be controversial if you can find, and I, I'm not saying this out of arrogance, but if you can find that, I, I would like for you to let me know. But he, don't go, he didn't go around binding devils, so why should we go around binding devils? In fact, what makes you think that if, if this is true, and I believe that it be, I, I've searched it the best I can. If it is true, then, and we're to be, do what Jesus did, then what, what, what power or authority or why would we go around binding devils? Can I be honest with you and tell you that I've prayed a lot of prayers binding devils? Amen. And now I believe out of my own ignorance. But I believe 
that the word of God, Jesus never bound devils in scriptures. He cast them out. And so we today have to, we don't bind, go around binding. We just cast it out. Amen. Where do you cast it out to? To outer darkness. To where it came from. And so if the captivity of, is, if those, what is captive or what is the goods is men and women's souls, then we're in trouble. Because the Bible says here this word spoil, or in, in the uh, King James it's spoiled, but here in the New King James it's plunder. But in the Greek it means to plunder and destroy. So if you and I are the strong man's goods, we're in trouble because they're to be plundered and destroyed. Amen. So the strong man that that destroys the stronger man, the stronger man that destroys the strong man, I believe is Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus has spoiled or plundered all powers against the enemy in my life. I am not fighting from a place of trying to get victory. I am fighting from a finished work of Calvary that I already have victory. I have victory over everything in my life and the only thing that I ever battle or struggle with is what I lend to the enemy. What I give in to the enemy. But what I believe and apply to my life will determine whether I am bound or whether I am free. Amen. If I think that the devil is some big bad devil that I don't have no control over, I've just got to take whatever he throws my way, then that's what's going to happen. Amen. That's what's going to come. But when I believe the word of the Lord, when I believe the report of the Lord, when I believe that the finished work of Calvary is enough for my life, then that's what I'm going to get, that I am going to walk in a place of victory. Does that mean that I won't ever have any battles? Oh, no. But I will apply the word of God to the battle, and I will have victory over the battle or the struggle that comes my way because the victory is already mine. And whenever I believe the word of the Lord and I believe the report of God and the promise of God are yes and amen to them that believe. When I believe that word in my life and apply it to my life, he said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Glory to God. As a believer, Jesus has gone to the cross of Calvary and he has spoiled every plan of of the enemy every plot of your enemy and he has already given you victory in Christ Jesus and we've got to stand in that finished work of Calvary and say I'm going to stand right here planted in the word of God I'm going to stand upon this promise because Jesus has already finished the work You don't have to bind the enemy. The enemy is already bound. You don't have to bind him because Jesus has already spoiled him. Plundered him. Rendered him of no effect. Amen? So my freedom is what binds the devil. Did you hear what I just said? My freedom is what binds the devil. 
why is my freedom bind the devil? Because my freedom comes from what I believe. And what I believe is that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Amen. And if I believe Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, then I believe what he did on Calvary is the finished work of Calvary. And so therefore I apply that to my life and know that he really is greater than anything that will ever come against me. Amen. And so my freedom binds the devil. I don't have to go bind him and loosen him. I just got to believe the word. Apply it to my life. Say, well, what's scripture for that? Colossians 2 and 13. I'm glad you asked. And you being dead in your sins and and the uncircumcision of your flesh that he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting or ordinances that is against us, which has contrary was was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross amen so it's already done it's been nailed to the cross in verse 15 and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of him openly triumphing over them in it glory to God amen And so it's already done. We have the victory. The old saints before the cross had a covenant. But we now are living in the everlasting covenant. Amen. Come on. We are living in the everlasting covenant. They had to wait till Jesus could come before they would have access into the heavenlies. But now because of the finished work of Calvary, the heavens are cleansed again so that we can come boldly into the throne room of God. And he's an ever-present help in the time of need. And now we see that when he finished that work at Calvary, he nailed the iniquities, he nailed our sins to the cross. Amen. And he he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. So now I don't have to go binding and loosening because the binding and loosening is not devils. It's quiet up in here today. You know what was bound or loosed? It was you and me. Amen. How were you bound or you loosed? Because of what you believed. Amen. And so I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and it frees me. It redeems me so that I can walk in total and complete. I'm not waiting to get to heaven to enjoy life. I'm here in the now enjoying my salvation, enjoying my relationship. Amen. And to say that we as believers are bound is to say the finished work of Calvary is not enough. And if the finished work of Calvary is not enough, then you and I are gravely in trouble, my brothers and sisters. But because we believe that the finished work of Calvary is enough, we can stand today in victory. All we got to do is get in the Word of God and apply that Word to our life and anything the enemy tries to put against us as we renew our minds, as we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, as we believe as it pertains to salvation, salvation, 
healing, deliverance, miracles, the Holy Spirit, when we apply it to our life, it is so and that victory comes to us in every area of our life. And I'll say it like this. I'm almost done, Anthony. Where you at? There you are. I'll say it like this. The less you believe about the scripture, the more the enemy is able to bind you up. But the more words you get inside of you, the more words you apply to your life, the more word, come on, gets inside of you, it, it, it lessens the place for the enemy to target or even to hold you hostage. Amen. So what do I have to do to be free? Cast out a demon, bind it. I, I believe in generational curses. I believe they can flow from generation to generation. But I also believe that there can be a generational blessing. Where that you can break the curse. How do I break the curse? It's simple. Just believe the word. Amen. Just believe the word. And apply that word to your life. And when you believe the word and apply that word to your life, guess what? That moment. You may not see instantaneous results, but I promise you the very millisecond you believe the word of God and apply it to your life. That, that stronghold, that, that sickness, that whatever it is, begins to break off of you. And you may not see the fulfillment of it or the completion of it in a day. But if you will believe it, it will happen. Amen. Amen. If you believe the gospel, then you're already free. Because what you believe has set you free. What you believe has set you free. Amen? Amen? So what do you believe? Who do you say that I am? Amen? That's the reason why we have to believe upon him. And, and it, go, it goes further than that, right? We understand that. It goes further than that. It's more than just believing, but you've got to apply it. Because there's a lot of people that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but they don't apply it to their lives. There's a lot of people that believe the word of the Lord, but they don't apply it to their lives. So therefore, they walk around bound, tormented, frustrated, always dealing with the same situations over and over again because even though they believe they don't apply but I'm telling you that when you believe it and you apply it to your life it's going to change somebody today just needs to tell the devil I've changed my mind amen I've changed my mind devil I reserve the right to change my mind I'm going to live today in the revelation that I know best. But if tomorrow I get a better revelation, then I've got to forego or forfeit what I used to believe so that I can now believe the truth of the Word of God, the new revelation of God. Amen. When I, I, I thought I was done, Anthony. I'm going to be done in just a second. So you just play real pretty. But if I believe something about the Word of God, and that's what my belief is, 
But then I read the scriptures or I'm taught something different and I, am, I'm, I'm, I believe that that is truth that I have to let go of what I used to believe. And I've got to accept what God is now saying. Amen? Because you see, the truth of the matter is, and I've told you before, and I thank God for my roots. I thank God for my heritage. I'm not one bit ashamed or embarrassed of it. But there are some things that I've learned from walking through life and studying the Word of God and, 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 and looking at the Word and hearing sound teaching that, that what was taught out of Revelation many, many years ago as I grew up as a child, I had to let go of because I understood something different. And it became truth to me. Now, I'm not saying there was a whole lot of that. I'm just saying there are some areas. Amen? And I won't, I won't, won't go into that today. I, I'll give you enough of the time. But, but, but the reality of it is, whenever you receive truth and revelation, you've got to be willing to let go of no longer, no matter how long you've believed it. You've got to come into the newness of God, the new word. We talked about that the other Wednesday night, that we've got to sow into this season, this new season. We've got to sow new word, new revelation, new worship, new freedom. And we've got to let it be sown into us so that we can be transformed. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I'm done now. All right, stand with me, please. I understand what I'm telling you today. I'm not saying that I'm the only one that's got revelation on it. I'm, I'm not by any means telling you that. What I will say to you today is this, that it may take you a minute, it may take you some time, but I challenge you, even if you have a rises up to say, oh, that isn't so, I just want to challenge you to study it out. Amen. Just study it out and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about this, because I'm telling you, the devil isn't as big and bad as we've allowed him to be made in the church. The strongholds and the principalities and the powers of darkness, they ain't so much. Where they are is in our minds. But we got to renew our mind. How do we remove, renew our mind? He said, with meekness we receive the engrafted word of God which is able to save our soul. What is our soul there? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. They're renewed as we receive the word of God. Amen? Praise God. And so today, I just want Holy Spirit to just free us. Free us. I want the Holy Spirit just to touch us afresh and anew and cause us to just believe the word. Amen. You know, some things are in our minds that we, uh, you know, we sometimes look at the external and we say that that person is bad because of this, that, or the other. But you know, and, and we, we put condemnation or, or whatever on them because of what that we can see from the external. But how many know that all of it starts in our minds? 
And there are people today that are tormented in their minds, bound in their minds. They're bound in a, a cycle that is a negative cycle. They're bound in systems that, that have been tormented from generation to generation that feel like they're nothing, that they feel like they're nobodies. But I want people to understand today that there isn't nobody that is a nobody. You are somebody in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if the enemy comes to make you feel as though that you're less than, I want you to know you're more than. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a victor. Amen. You are more than through Jesus Christ. And so today, I want our minds to be renewed, to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, and to say, yes, God, to whatever the circumstance, because what it looks like on the outside is never what it really is. Amen. How many know the enemy always make it look like it's worse than it really is? And I want to speak to people here today that feel like that you've got an overwhelming situation that cannot be changed or shifted and and maybe you've even felt like this is just the way life is and I've learned how to deal with it. But I, I just want to challenge you today to press in on this word. Dare to believe the word of the Lord over your circumstance, your situation. And say, God, I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to apply your word. And just allow the word to go to work in your life. Amen. Glory to God. I sense a wonderful presence here this morning. I really do. Oh, there's nobody shouting, running. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has hovered over this place right now. And if we're willing to change our minds and accept the Word of God, the promise of God, the provision of God, and say, I'm going to learn it, I'm going to study it, I'm going to apply it to my life, I promise you, you can walk out of anything the enemy has tried to place you in. Glory to God. Amen. Anthony, you got us a good song. All right. I believe you. Let's sing for a minute. Let's just create an atmosphere. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to me. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. We bless you. We thank you for the word of the Lord that's over our lives. We thank you for the promise of God. surrounded by an angelic host that cannot be seen by the natural but we know by the spirit that you are here and you're with us God we thank you for the angelic host that are ministering to the heirs of salvation we thank you today that we are victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ and by what we believe that you are the son of God Lord we thank you for it today in the name of Jesus hallelujah This is how I fight my battles. Come on, sing it, Anthony. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. So this is how I fight my battles. I don't war in the flesh. 
This is how I find my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes, I am. Yes, sir. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He's on me and he bought me with his redeeming love. He loved me. My love is still him. He plunged me into victory beneath the cleansing love. Hallelujah. I want us right here today, wherever you may be standing, I want us just to confess today that we're changing our minds that our minds are being renewed. Glory to God. We allow the Holy Spirit to come in and if anything that has become a stronghold because of wrong thoughts or wrong beliefs, God, today we give you the authority and the right. We hold on to it no longer, but we ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring down every vain imagination, everything that has exalted itself above the knowledge of God even strongholds of our past. We give you permission today, God. We release it to you in this atmosphere. And we ask you to renew our minds with truth, renew our minds with revelation truth of the word of your spirit, God. Lord, that we may walk a victorious life, not just when we get to heaven, but the here and the now. The here and the now, let our minds be renewed. And as our minds are renewed with meekness, with the Word of God, our lives will be transformed. Hallelujah. So today we capture every vain thought and every vain imagination and we bring it under the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you today for the freshness of heaven. We thank you for the freshness of your Word. We thank you for revelation. Revelation truth that changes the way we believe and the way that we think. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And we, we say today, God, that we, we say yes to the Spirit and no to our flesh. And God, we make a commitment today. We thank you for praise and worship. We thank you for the privilege to glorify your name. 
But today we make a fresh commitment to your word. That we will be students, studiers of the word of God. And apply that word to our lives. That we can be ever changing and transforming into the image of your dear son Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we thank you today that we don't have to war against the enemy. Our enemy has already been defeated. And we stand complete and in victory in the finished work of Calvary. And today, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And we declare our victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give him the ovation of the morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and make this declaration. Say, neighbor, you don't have to fight no devil. You just got to change your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't the word of the Lord powerful? Amen. It's powerful. So today, as we change our mind and we believe, it's not that we. this isn't some... You know, brand new revelation. I just press in on it a little bit.